Hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. This is Jill. Have you ever wondered if there's a way that you can look at the world in different ways that helps you notice different things? That's what we'll talk about today. I think the more unexpected something is, the more there is to learn from it. Michael J. Fox. Today, we're going to talk about the book Art of Noticing by Rob Walker, 131 Ways to Spark Creativity, Find Inspiration, and Discover Joy in the Everyday. Sometimes when we look at the world and we see it day in and day out, we get bored. We don't think about it. We don't really notice anything that's new. And he's trying to challenge us to look at things in a new way. He wants you to inspire yourself to see something in a way that you've never really even thought of before. And it's not just about the art of noticing. It's about the art of examining something and looking at it. Just to give you an example, my friend and I sat down as an experiment. We were watching a class on how to do nature observations. What that class wanted you to do was to sit down and write down everything you heard. So my friend and I tried it together. We both sat in the same area and tried to write down everything we could hear. Some things we heard were the same. Interestingly enough, I would hear a bird, but I wasn't really sure what it was. My friend heard the same bird. She was able to actually name it. But there were some things I heard that she didn't hear, like the clock ticking on the wall, like the squirrel that was rustling leaves. We each had two different lists. He talks about in the history of observation, there are some people that are really good at this. Billy Bean turned the world of baseball upside down because he noticed different skills that made a baseball team great compared to what other people thought made a baseball team great. But his ability to pay attention to the data and observe the things around him made him a great coach. Mentions Rachel Carson, who was amazing at her ability to observe nature and also found out some of the side effects that pesticides were having on the nearby areas that she loved to observe. But when people talk about observing new things, it really makes us good at finding other things. He mentions this person called George Simmel, who was complaining in 1903 that the modern world was leaving us dull, indifferent, and unable to focus. In the 50s, William White, a Life magazine writer, said that billboards, neon signs were obnoxious and was one gigantic roadside distraction. A wealth of information creates a poverty of attention, economist Herb Simon said in 1971. When people talk about the world around them and how the world changes, there's always going to be people who don't like what the changes are. I remember reading, I think, that Socrates thought that writing was going to destroy the youth. They would no longer be able to do speeches and have debates because their noses would always be in a book. People get really disparaged about the stimulus around us. The question is, can we always find the interesting and draw our attention specifically to something we want to see or something we want to understand? He said that times our problem is, is that we want to feel busy all the time, that we fill in every moment with music or podcasts or our phones and things that shift our perception, what we see around in the world. And that we stop noticing things because we stop giving ourselves that time to focus. And what 
Todd Cashton, a psychology professor at George Mason, referred to the joyous exploration, which is defined as the recognition and the desire to seek out new knowledge and information and then the subsequent joy of learning and growing. Because we're always diving deep into these things that prevent us from observing something new. And you can see that too, where people are walking down the street and their noses are in their phones, happens to me too, instead of looking at the world around them. Sometimes it's really amazing because you'll be in a place that's so interesting and so amazing, and there will actually be paintings on the ground that say, look up, you're crossing into traffic. We have to tell people that they're about to walk into traffic now because we're no longer noticing all the things around us that not just are interesting, but would keep us safe. So he says that he has given this book 131 different exercises for exploration in all its dimensions, whether it's sight or sound. We're not going to talk about all of them. I just picked some to give you a taste of what this book is about. He said that sometimes his activities are about stillness, and sometimes it's about doing something. Sometimes he's asking you to focus on a specific thing, or sometimes he's asked to focus on a lot of things. He tries to rank order them in his book. Some of them he calls hard. Some of them are time consuming, or some of them are really quick. But he said that you can do something new every day by conducting a scavenger hunt, looking for stickers and plaques and signs, look at the church building around you. So just observing common things around us will help you really see some amazing things, even in places that maybe you live or that you're very comfortable with it. He says that when you're trying to do an exercise that he calls draw it with your eyes closed, he says that if you were to look at a particular area, maybe a park near your house, what are the colors that you first became aware of? Well, I saw the big green grassy fields, but then I saw the red playground in the background. Those would be the colors that reveal themselves more slowly. What colors did you see that you didn't expect? And those might be the colors of the shirts of the kids playing in the playground. Maybe it's a bluebird that you never noticed before. And do the colors have any sort of relationship with each other? Do you notice that one stands out because it's against that green grass? Or do the colors seem to change over time while you're imagining this picture with your eyes closed? He says that you can look for numbers. Sometimes he did this exercise where you count down from 100. So that means you look first for the number 100. Walk around on your daily life. Oh, there's 100. There's a street address and it was 100. And then you cross that off your list. Now you walk around and look for 99. Maybe you go for a walk and you try to notice three things that are exactly the same in your neighborhood walk. Or maybe you go for a walk and you look for flaws. Try to find three mistakes in something that you're looking at while on your walk. He says, sometimes you can go to a museum and just look at the people. You're not even looking at the art, but you're looking at people's reactions to the art. I always found this really interesting. I'm not someone who really enjoys modern art very much, but I love going to the modern art areas and watching people analyze the modern art. To me, it looks like a bunch of speckles. But when you see someone who really digs a piece of artwork and really takes it in, it's amazing because they're seeing something that you're not seeing. And so it's really kind of fundamentally interesting to watch other people instead of watching other things. He said that if you can draw, maybe you try to draw a room that you were in. 
you know, go to a museum and either while you're there in the museum or go home and draw the room that you were in. It'll help you notice more details about that room. He said that sometimes you can walk around your town, play different roles, like maybe you're a historian and you're writing the history of my boring street in my town. But then once you start making up this fake history about why this house is this way or the house is that way, it gets more interesting for you to do that. I like to play the future archaeologist. So when I was walking in an area that I didn't know very well, I would try to write this as if I was writing a book in the future as an archaeologist. Oh, the McDonald's arches. There's so many of them. This must have been the church where everyone went to worship. Look at the golden arches. You know, just trying to think about what the future will think about our world today. It's just kind of fun to have as a little exercise. He says that if you're trying to do something relatively simple, pick a local spot and sit there for an hour and write down three things that you notice about each person you see. Sometimes there's a lot of people there, but try to just pick out something that's interesting. Someone has an interesting picnic. Someone has a really interesting bag or someone has a really funny dog. He said that you can even do another role is pretending like you're a spy. How would you get in and out if you were a spy? Or think back if you were a child. You were a child and you didn't know anything about this building. What would you think about it? Oh, there's a fun place to climb over there. I should really look in the window up on top of that step. You know, whatever it is. But by pretending to be different roles, you might be able to look at places you've been before with a whole brand new eye. He tries to also find like a sonic profile, which means when he walks around in the neighborhood, what do you hear? Do you hear clocks ticking? Do you hear sirens blowing? Sometimes that's fun to do when you're new to town. In fact, I grew up in a place that was so quiet, you could hear the snow hitting the ground. But when you're in Los Angeles, the noises are everywhere. But what are those noises? You know, are there people laughing? Is it traffic honking? Is it the street signs changing? Try to go for a walk, listen to the sounds. You'll find out that even if you go to someplace like Los Angeles, sure, there's a lot of traffic, but there are a lot of really good artists singing on the streets. There's a lot of people who are doing acts, trying to earn money. I went for a walk in Philadelphia and I tried to find every public clock I could see. I noticed that a lot of places had very old clocks on the buildings and on some of the poles that were there. So it was interesting to me to look for how many clocks were available in a particular area. He said that there was a challenge that he calls Hemingway's Oddly Petulant Challenge. He says, you notice that you're feeling some anxiety, some enjoy. It doesn't matter. But try to figure out how you're feeling when you're walking through different places. Do the areas make you feel something different? For example, you know, when you're in the areas with the public music, is it exciting? When you walk into the park, does it have interesting art? But maybe you go and you just pay attention to all the different emotions you're feeling, but that you can also pay attention to what do you smell? In a cooking area, do you smell the foods? In other places, do you smell flowers? Try to walk around and note all the different smells. He said that there's a guide called How to Read a Landscape. And it offered a lot of useful suggestions, he says, for everyone who's interested in noticing more. The guide explains that there are ghost landscapes, which are clues left behind from the past of what the landscape maybe used to look like. 
And can you walk around and look for these ghost landscapes that are there? For instance, he said on Route 66, you can find places and patterns in the trees that look like they changed, that maybe the road used to go over here. And that's why there's a straight line that goes across the trees in that particular area. But now the road is moved over just a bit. And so you can see where the road used to be, or you can see where houses used to be. Another kind of neat observation for looking for something different in the way that you're observing the world around you. He says that you can try to be a tourist in your own hometown. That way you see things in a new light. I know that when I go on vacation, you know, I do a number of things about investigating local museums and fun restaurants and places to go. And when you tell people who live in that area, oh, I'm going to go walking in this particular park or taking this particular hike, you'll often hear people say, oh, I've lived in this town for 30 years. I've always thought it would be interesting to try. Wow, 30 years. Someone hasn't tried to do this really interesting thing that tourists like to do. But you know what? The same holds true for me here in my own town. He says that you can try to take a random way home from work to work. And it used to be that when I first started my job at my company, I tried to see all the different ways that I could drive to work and drive home every day just to be interesting and find some really new things that I had never seen before. Once my highway was all backed up and there was some form of construction that was there and I decided I couldn't take that way home. So I turned on ways. It led me on this wild goose chase of this way to go home. And I had no idea. I could get home going this way. It was so interesting to me. And it was all because this app had plotted this very unusual path. It's worth trying to see if you can see something new in your town. He says another type of observation you can do is try reading all the plaques and the public signs that are on your walk. You can learn something new about the history or about what's around you by doing that. He says that you can try keeping a natural log, birds and plants. There's all sorts of great apps out there to tell you what they are. iNaturalist is one of them, but maybe you can keep a log of all the things you have. Or you might try to see if you could take a photo log every day. One thing that's nice is that if you do go on the same path and you walk on the same part of town every day, what's neat about it is that you can notice all the changes. Oh, that yard used to have all these statues. And now the person took them all down and put a flower garden in. Or maybe this tree that you always saw that was across the street was gone and then they decided to take it down. But try to notice anything that's new or changed. And this is always kind of fun too, is invent a story. Can you walk around and see some people that are there and that you invent a story? He says that you can try to talk to strangers. I think it's fun to talk to strangers. I'm an extrovert. It's what I do. I like to talk to someone who's in a grocery store or standing next to me in a line. It's always fun and you learn a lot of interesting things. A friend of mine and I were eating dinner in a strange mall in Florida and this fellow sat down with us and we started talking to him and he was a sugar baron and ran a major sugar farm that was here. It was so interesting talking about what it took to make sugar and sell it inside the United States. He said that it's important that you always put away all your distractions, that you just leave the phone, maybe at home, by rumbling, by the fact that you know it's there, putting it more away than just sticking it in your pocket, 
might help you to get over these distractions. Then he says that you should empty your preconceptions. Make sure that you don't go on your walks expecting, oh, everything's going to be the same, or this is going to be really boring, or there's nothing new to see here. But instead, try to go into your walk with the challenge of something new and something exciting. Summary. Make sure that when you're deciding to notice new things, that you put away all the distractions and all the things that could lead you to not pay attention to the world around you. Maybe that's putting your your headphones away, putting your phone away. Make sure that you have time to focus. Then see if you can notice new things, new stickers, new signs, anything that's exciting that you have never seen before. And if you don't know what something is, try looking it up later so that you know what it is you saw. Two, look for numbers or look for flaws or just look at people. But try to find something that's interesting that you've never thought about looking for before. Can you count down from 100? Can you notice three new things every day? Can you find 10 mistakes on your walk? Three, try to play a different role. Can you pretend to be a historian, a future archaeologist, a Viking, or a spy, or even child, and look at the world around you through a different set of eyes? Four, Try to notice the smells, the sounds, the emotions from the world around you. See if you can also see ghost architecture. Make sure you don't do all these things at the same time. Just pick one focus item and go with it. And then think about how you're going to record your observations. Are you going to keep a nature log? Are you going to take a photo every day? Are you going to try to draw this new and interesting thing that you saw around you? Challenge. Try to walk around your town as if you were a child. What would you notice as a child that maybe you're not noticing as an adult? And today's fun entertainment quote of the day comes from L.A. Story with Steve Martin. Uh, rather than do an interview with me, you know, which would be fascinating, by the way, because of the you know, interesting word usements I structure, you know, I thought that uh, I'd show you around town a little bit, you know, a few kind of secret places, a kind of a cultural tour of L.A., that's the first 15 minutes, then what? All right, a cynic. First stop is six blocks from here. Why don't we walk? Walk? <laughs> a walk in L.A. <laughs> <laughs> Architecture. Some of these buildings are over 20 years old. This house over here is Greek Revival, and they have to revive the Greek every morning who lives in it. <laughs> and here's a Tudor mansion and a Fordar mansion. You know, you're really nobody in L.A. unless you live in a house with a really big door. See, the art of noticing is amazing. Look at all the things he learned about houses in his town. And you can see what you would learn about walking around your neighborhood. Maybe there's Tudors. Maybe there's four doors. All right, everyone. Thank you very much and have a fantastic week.